Hey, hey, y'all. If you want to head to our website to check out all the different things Pizzazz offers, then just head to pizzazzart.com. That's P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. You will see our online memberships. We've got kids club memberships, our lettering club membership, our one project a month membership. We call that paint and praise. You will see some freebies that we've got there for you. And you'll see our local classes if you're local. So head to the website, check it out, pizzazzart.com, P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. Hey, hey, y'all. This is Casey Hope from the Here's Hope podcast. Today, we have got a super exciting guest. We've got Miss Ruth Simons. She is a inspiring author. She's a great artist, a speaker. She has some best-selling books with the Wall Street Journal. And inside of our club, inside of our lettering club, she is one of our favorite people because she does such a great job of combining her words, her art, her hand lettering, all of it that points to God and His grace and His mercy, His goodness so much. And so inside our club, that's what we love to do too. And so Ruth, you are a crowd favorite. So thank you so much for just taking the time to chat with us this morning. Oh, wow, Casey, that was so sweet. And thank you so much for having me. So I was sharing with you earlier, we recently sent the Grace Laced Deluxe Edition to all of our members, and you would have thought that they, like Christmas came early. We got so many messages, so many and emails, and oh my gosh, and they would post in the group, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And so it is just such a good, rich, with all of your books, they're so rich to read. They are beautiful just to look at. You can just have it on your coffee table and be inspired. And so they just, they love every bit about it. And so I'm super excited today to talk about a new book that is about to be out. When you're listening to this, it might be out already. And so I am excited to talk to you today just about that book, the inspiration behind it. And then I've got some artsy questions from our community as well. (laughs) We love that. So first, tell us just a little bit about this new book, what's it about, how you got the inspiration for us, just kind of introduce it to us. Well, I love that you understand the heart of my work. The heart of my work is to combine beauty for the eyes with the truth of God's word and for us to just linger long in God's word in a way that we probably wouldn't in this hustling, bustling, constantly um, striving life that we are living. We're always like on to the next thing. And I just thought, you know, if I could combine my artwork, which there's nothing, I mean, I'm not trying to be humble, but I'm just saying it's like, it's not like the world's best paintings or anything. It's that I'm using whatever I have and we can all do that. Your lettering community could do that too. We just use what we have individually, whether it's the certain way we write these letters, it's a certain way we paint a flower. And we just turn that attention point to what we find really worthy and beautiful. And for me, that really is the gospel. And so this book is called Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. As you can imagine, after having a few, I write books with no art in it and books with art in it. The books with art in it are usually devotional like gift books. And you can imagine that after doing several, sometimes it's like, well, what, what, what should I paint next? Or how can I come up with something new and different? But what's been on my heart for a long time is that you might notice through all my books, Grace Lace, Beholding and Becoming, Foundations, a lot of my books 
there's hymns involved. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a hymn lover, mostly because I was a church accompanist when we were, I was really young and have always had hymns on my mind, on my lips when going through life's most difficult seasons. And so I wanted to combine 25 hymns and the truths about our Christian walk in that they teach those hymns teach those things they teach attributes of god they teach doctrinal truths they teach truths about how god is trustworthy in our journeys heavenward and so the whole book is 25 devotional readings that are a little bit more i love that you use the word rich thank you that really is encouraging to me but they're not meant to be just quick real quick reads they're meant to be okay let's sit down and really think on how god really is better than all my striving, better than all the the craziness that are, is going on in my life that I feel like I can't figure out. The path ahead is clear when I'm walking with Jesus. And so there's a lot of landscapes in there and I haven't always done a lot of landscapes. There's uh, still florals, new lettering, there's scripture, but also hymn lyrics, just reminders to point us to what is true. I love that. And I loved when I was looking through, they sent me something just to kind of look through what, you know, what's been done. And oh man, the hymns, because I also grew up with the hymns. What I found myself doing is, you know, looking at the beautiful artwork, reading the words, reflecting, like, I love how you said linger longer. That's what I was doing. I was lingering longer in just thinking about God's goodness and his bigness, but with those hymns, because I'm familiar with them, it was as if I could just hear, I could hear the melody I love that. as yes. I was reading. And it just added a different layer of the experience. So I love the combination of the hymns in there. How did you choose the 25 hymns? Were they your just favorite growing up or, or how did you choose that? Well, I definitely have some favorites, but you know, I actually started with what I wanted to write about God. And so, and I just trusted that ultimately there was a pairing of a solid hymn and some hymns didn't make it to the list because they didn't have enough truth that they were pointing to that maybe if it's a lovely and a good song, uh, you know, and there are some really wonderful modern hymns that we just couldn't put all of them in because of all the royalties and rights and stuff. Right. So we actually have a Gettys hymn. We have two of them in here. And so I'm really grateful for those permissions and those opportunities, but most of them are really old hymns. And of course I would have chosen things like Amazing Grace or the Old Rugged Cross or holy, holy, holy. Some of these that are like absolute like truths that you kind of think, wow, I, I wish hymns, I wish modern songs teach this much mm -hmm. and remind us so much about God. Mm -hmm. But I really started with what I knew I wanted to, to, to write about because there are some things that we kind of forget. Like why is God's omniscience important? Mm -hmm. Why does it matter that he actually is sovereign and knows all things? Why is it important that his love is not just a feeling. It's that he, it's a, his attribute. Like, why are those things important? Mm -hmm. And they're important because when you and I are having a really rough day and we kind of don't know what's ahead because things are falling apart or, you know, we didn't see the prayer answered a certain way that we can go back and say, Hey, but I know what is true mm -hmm. because of the way God describes himself. Mm -hmm. And so now I can rest and not be freaked out at the journey ahead. 
Right, right. And I love that the way that this is a journey, it talks about, you know, it, it takes you along a journey. And that's what what life is. And, um, you know, in there, you talk about you start out with just talking about we're not alone on this journey. And I think that sometimes, you know, I can remember times in my own life where I have literally been on the bed praying and crying and just saying out loud, God, I feel like you've forgotten me. I feel like you have forgotten me. And I feel like sometimes we can get in that place where, just like you said, prayers aren't answered the way that we see. Um, Things are hard in life. It's a journey that is not easy. And he never promised that it would be easy. And during those times, like, why is it so important just to remember that we are not alone? Uh, You know, it's because... Because we, you know, we can't trust our feelings all the time. We can feel exactly. It doesn't mean we are alone. Yes, absolutely. And I think that we would do well, all generations, right? Those of us who've walked with Jesus for a long time, to the young women who might be listening right now, we all have an opportunity to rec- to assess and say, "Hey, am I really relying on my?" you know, achievements or my ability to get ahead? Am I hoping that if everybody likes me enough that I'll feel like I got it together and I can go forward? Or am I saying, you know what, Lord, this this life, this quick breath of a life is given by you and for you. And I can put out wonderful work. I can, and you know, the creatives who are listening in here, you know, or anyone who might be somebody creative, we absolutely can create amazing work to just you know, share with the world. But at the end of the day, that is not what's going to keep us anchored or content or happy, you know, happy in our lives walk. It's going to be that we're walking with him, right? At the end of the day, we need to recognize like anything else we rely on is going to fail us, mm-hmm. even our our giftings and our mm-hmm. good efforts. Mm-hmm. You also in your book speak on scripture serving as guideposts. Can you unpack that a little bit and yeah. speak what that exactly means? How somebody who is maybe a new Christian reads that and, and has a hard time understanding what that means. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about how, you know, a lot of times here in Western Colorado, we're, we're going on some country road or we're doing one of our jeeping trails and you need to have the signposts or guideposts along the way that tell you, Hey, that after this, it's a single lane road or after this, this is where you might expect this or this is what's true about this part of the trail. And those always are helpful because you know where you're at and what to expect and What's going on? What is true about this moment? And in so many of our life's journeys, we actually feel like, I feel like a lot of times we just look to Instagram or we look to, you know, social media or the news to tell us what is actually true about this day in 2023. When really we need to look at what is God saying about our journeys and his, his word and the truths found in his word, they're guideposts of grace. They really tell us, Oh, I got it. I, I've gone before you. I have a plan. Trust my character. I've always held it together. Like those are all the things that God is showing us step by step. And we may not see it right this minute, but it may take another part of your journey for you to realize, oh, wait, he is sovereign. He is good. He is merciful. And that matters right now because that's what's true about where he has me right now. Mm, so good. So good. You know, what would you say to somebody who? you know, is hearing this and in, is just wanting to go deeper in their relationship with God, what would you say are some tips on how to understand God more and to grow deeper in their relationship with Him? 
Well, I would definitely say that first and foremost, give God an absolute chance. Like don't assume things about him. Go find out what he says about himself. Because I think if we would take God at his word and his whole character, we realize that he's not just there when we're having a bad day and we're like, oh God, are you there? But that he's always, always pursuing us. And if that is true, then every bit of his word, even the hard parts of scripture where we're like, what does that mean? That there's always truth to be found. Talk to somebody about it. Encourage, um, I encourage anyone to not walk alone, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's a both intimate and personal thing. Like go to his word, start in the Psalms, like find, find resonance with the Psalm writers and say, Oh, that's how I feel. How do I talk to God when I feel this way? Absolutely. But also go join a fellowship. Tell a friend that you know walks with Jesus and say, I'm curious and I need some, I need some help. I need some encouragement on how to begin this journey. We're, we're not meant to walk alone. I totally agree. I, I think that being in community is huge, huge, huge because uh, it, those times where you we do feel uh, like, God, have you forgotten me? A lot of those times is because we're a little bit too too alone in our own world, you know, and when we walk this journey with other people, it just helps lighten the load, but also it encourages so much. I tell you, we just started just a small, you know, a Marco Polo group of friends who are starting to share where they're seeing God show up. They're Mm -hmm. sharing real life prayers and real life answers and to see the way God is working within that group. And again, it's just a fellowship of people on Marco Polo. We're all across the, all across the nation. So we are not, um, you know, in the same town, but there is something about just walking with other believers and, you know, locally um, connecting, however it could be um, that does just build you and just encourage you. So, um, so yeah, that's a great, a great advice for anybody out there that's wanting to know more. Start, I think the two, two takeaways right there, start in the Psalms. They're easy to read and the Proverbs really, really Mm -hmm. tangible. And then, um, and then find a community. Super excited about your book. I would love to also dive into you as an artist because my ladies have given me lots of questions (laughs) to ask you about just your journey with, with art. So have you done Mm -hmm. art your whole life? How did you start to combine your art with your ministry? Yeah, I love that question. Long as I can remember, my mom tells stories of when I was three or four, and she kept some of those drawings. I mean, they were stick figures or whatever, but she knew that I was always drawing. And I remember being in grade school, literally drawing my left hand with my right hand, you know, because I would be bored and end up taking a break from taking notes and then drawing whatever was on the desk. So I've always... um been an artist, I think at some level, I didn't, wasn't formally trained in any way when I was younger. And if you've read my story and would striving cease my book that came out two almost two years ago, I talked about how I was a biochem major because I thought that's, that was the right thing to do, right? That was the smart thing is the wise thing is, you know, and it just wasn't a good fit for me. And halfway through, I thought, you know, I really love art. That's what I really want to do. And so I ended up getting my degree. In, I got a fine arts degree. And that was the first time I ever really went through any kind of formal training in printmaking or oils or drawing and um, certainly not watercolor. And so later on as a mama, I have six boys. My oldest is 21 now and my youngest is 10. And so for a good decade of my life, um, I was a pastor's wife. We were homeschooling. Um, full-time or part-time, depending on the year. And um, there was no time to do creative anything. And so perhaps I would just do like, I remember a season where I was doing 
a painting a year for maybe a silent auction or to donate or to give to a friend. But then in 20, I, I started a blog in the late 2007 or eight and started writing. And that's where some of that creative energy came out. And in 2013 was when I started as the kids got a little bit older and were able to help with lots of things, I started using nap time as a time where I'd share a little bit of a watercolor journey, like a quick little watercolor because watercolors dry so fast, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like pulling out oil paints and a big canvas. I just said, okay, I'll do a little, I'll dabble a little bit. So I painted in watercolor and uh, wrote a little something on Instagram to kind of like go with the painting that I, because my heart always was to share a little bit about my faith journey. And um, that was really the beginning of realizing, oh my goodness, this lifelong dream of wanting to share my art with the world. I think there's there's room for it now. And I think there's a, a door open. I think the Lord's given me an, a big go for it, girl. And it started small. It started with me experimenting and figuring out what it looked like to make a print from Kinko's. It was nothing fancy. I was just playing, experimenting with that. And that it's 10 years this November that turned into Grace Laced. And the books came some years after that, as I started really telling the story of God's faithfulness through word and art together. I love that. And I think that's so encouraging to hear you say that too, because we have a lot of ladies in our group that might be listening that are not in our group that want to take time for, you know, just using their art, but they feel like it, it's too much. We hear over and over. I don't have the time. I want to do this. Right. But I don't have the time. And I love that you said, Hey, like we, it was just during nap time. Like, and it was watercolor. It was the simple supplies during nap time. Yeah. We call it peace and play in our group because that's what it offers you when you can do some sort of creative outlet and it's peaceful and it's playful, you know, it relieves yeah. stress and it kind of has that little bit of peace and play. And I love just to hear you say like, that's how it started. Nap time, just nap time. Yeah keeping my supplies out. I'm guessing, did you just keep your supplies and just go to it? Sure. Yeah. I was homeschooling. And so that was an easy time for everybody to just gather around the table. And rather than just sit there and then just oversee assignments, I was just bringing up paints and doing a little work alongside them. And, you know, just to address that question of time, Casey, I think people are usually surprised to hear me say that I was able to really grow and practice because everything takes practice. I was not naturally good at watercolor because it's so different than oils, for example. And so the technique's really different. I didn't get formally trained in it, but everything takes practice. Everything takes a lot of time, right? People are usually surprised to hear that I said no to a lot of things. I said no to watching TV at night. I did not chill in front of Netflix or anything like that. I didn't always choose to go out whenever my friends were going up. You know, I wouldn't do girls night every chance I got. No, certainly did. But overall, I think we just have to recognize that anytime you see somebody honing their craft, it takes time. And when we say we don't have time, we genuinely probably are struggling to find time. We all are struggling. But sometimes you have to say no to having every piece of laundry folded and say, I'm going to do that tomorrow, mm -hmm. but I'm going to focus on this that mm -hmm. I, this thing I really care about. So all of us have to assess what is it that God's called us to? And it may not be, um, all in one season. He may call you to be a creative that runs a creative business, but it may not be in the timing that you think, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you can't start small. It doesn't mean you can't say, Lord, I have this, this desire. I'm going to practice right now. I don't know what this will ever lead to, but I'm going to be willing to say no to some things. Like mm -hmm. maybe I won't scroll Facebook for mm -hmm. an hour. Do you know how fast? 
an hour goes like that when you're scrolling and you put away your social social media and you say, hey, I have an hour back of my life and I'm going to practice the craft he's given me to work on. I love that. I love that. Great practical tips there. Uh, we also have our um, ladies wanting to know, what are your favorite supplies? So, you know, they always want a supply list. So do you have any favorite art supplies that yeah. you would say are must-haves? Well, I started with a very simple watercolor palette. Like Your ladies might be, the people who list, are listening might be like, that is very, very elementary and we can move on from here. But I just wanted to say for anyone starting out, there is a semi-moist watercolor palette. Um, I think it's been owned and under different labels. But if you look up semi-moist pan, like because most of the pans of watercolor are like any kind of Crayola or any school grade, those are really dry and they're not, they're not pigment rich. But I started with a simple pan and it helped me not be so precious with it. When you're buying a tube of paint that costs $12, you're going to feel a lot more precious about this, right? But if you buy a pan that's only like a whole set of paints for under $10, you can play, play, play. Because I would say that's my number one tip is like, stop looking at what everybody else is doing and just play. Like you said, mm -hmm. peace and play. Play with the supplies. And so that was one of my favorite supplies. I, I forget who makes it now, but I think at one point, Goodness, I, we can look it up and I, I can send it to you later, but I don't know because it kind of changed hands at one point, but it's called a semi-moist watercolor pan. But I really do enjoy my professional Windsor Newton. Like that's the tubes of paint. You put it out into, I'm using a ceramic porcelain style um, dish these days. I don't, if I'm traveling, I use a big white, you know, plastic foldable one, but um I do find that I can get a lot of consistency in that paint. And I just have to be a little careful about making sure it dries before I go in. I don't want to use it directly out of the tube. And I combine a lot of watercolor and gouache. And so, yeah, I go back and forth between different paints. I'm not super particular. I think I um, have collected a lot of paints over the years. I just know that there are certain colors I go back to over and over again. I use a lot of sepia. I use a lot of sap green. I use a lot of opera rose, you know, and those are colors I know really well mm -hmm. with Windsor Newton. And then as for brushes, um, I got to tell you, I started with Hobby Lobby brushes. It was not, it was not super fancy and it just allowed me space to just say, you know what, this is not going to cost me so much. I'm going to keep on trying. These days I'm using Princeton a little bit more often. Um, I think I have a, I have certain um, shapes and sizes that I use real well, but I, I do like um they're not always the professional grade. I think I have some of the professional in my um, in my kit, but some of them are just your, your average watercolor brushes. I don't feel like I'm super picky because I actually think that a good artist can probably pick up anything and make it work. And so um, there are times I travel and use one of those little watercolor brushes that come with the uh, water reservoir on mm -hmm. it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, that's not a fancy brush, but whatever it takes for you to be in the moment and enjoy painting is really precious. I love that. I love just to hear that, hey, yes, there are these fun ones, but then, but also start with whatever you got. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then tell us about your process now. So you talked about <clears throat> before it was nap time. What is your painting process now? What does that look like? Um, do you sit down and paint a little every day? Do you batch create? Yeah. What does that look like yeah. now? 
I love that question because I think people have in their minds this idea that birds are chirping and Ruth is like having this <laughs> glorious time with flowers everywhere. And I sometimes it is like that. But I will say um, I run a business. I write books. I'm in meetings most of the time. And so it is not a glorious creative process every day of my life. And I do find that I have to, everything that I do, I have to do in I, I've been reading Cal Newport's deep work, but I do think I have to go into buckets. I have to do deep times. And so like I was editing a manuscript the other day, I was editing a future book. I think I sat at my desk for 15 hours, 15 hours. I mean, that sounds crazy, but if I keep going, stopping and going and I go and have lunch with somebody and then I come home and then I do some more tomorrow, I forget where I'm at mm -hmm. and I don't go deep with it. In the same way with watercolor and with painting, if I have to take breaks, yes, because it's physical, but at the same time, I'm in the zone and I free up because just like going on a vacation where you almost have to like have two days of the vacation before you can actually relax, mm -hmm. painting is the same way. The first hour, you feel like you're the worst painter in the world and everything you do is going to be awful and you keep throwing away paper and you think that you're never going to do this. Well, once you warm up and you get into it, you realize, okay, chill out, you know? Yeah. And so I had to work in big buckets. So there are, um, usually we schedule me out so that if there's a big project or if I'm going to paint for Grace Laced for a future release, they, you know, my team will book out like two or three days and nothing will go on that schedule. And I'll just know that those are days that I can freely just paint and paint and paint. And most people aren't scheduling, you know, conference calls or anything during that time. That's awesome. That really sounds glorious to have two or three days of nothing but paint, paint, paint. I know it's very scheduled and you have to get it in, yes. but it sounds, yeah. oh, that sounds great. <laughs> because oftentimes it's exactly what you're saying with me. It's, you know, I get a phone call, I get a this, you know, up oh, the yes. dog needs to be taken yeah. out, you know, all the little bitty interruptions. And I'm like, I need uh, <laughs> that sounds that sounds glorious and then as far as you combining your scripture to your art we had one of our members say do you take the scripture and let that influence your art or do you do the art whatever you're inspired and then think of what scripture would be paired with that I think it depends. So like in my books, I'm a lot more symbolic and thoughtful about okay when they're reading the scripture and this text that I've written, what images would come alongside and either in the colors and the emotions it evokes, or sometimes it's like, I'm actually going to paint a path when I'm talking about a path right. or I'm really talking, you know, I don't illustrate as, you know, literally. So it's not like I'm going to be talking about a vase and then I paint a vase. It, it usually isn't that specific, but sometimes in Pilgrim, actually, there was a pretty specific instance where I painted a scene from London and I actually speak about London streets in that chapter. So sometimes I do. But overall, when you look at grace laced products and, and prints and stuff in my business, a lot of times I'm finding that balance between what would cause somebody to go, that is just beautiful. And I just want to stare at that and I would like to hang that up and it doesn't have to match furniture, but it needs to remind them, wow. And a, a daffodil is just so exquisite. I don't know why I haven't looked at one in a long time. And then to go and look at the scripture paired with it. So it's not that the scripture necessarily screams, this has to be a daffodil, but maybe it's that it's a springtimey thought. You know, if we're, um, we're very careful about me painting flowers that evoke the emotions or the seasons that that scripture evokes in us as well. 
so beautiful. And then last question from the um, from our group is, do you ever teach your uh, your process? Do you ever teach any classes anywhere online, in person, for oh. your watercolor? <laughs> well, I'm so grateful that you asked that question. One, because it is on the list for me to do an e-course someday, for sure. Because I also get a lot of requests for like, how as a creative do we turn this craft into a very profitable business without losing our souls in it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my heartbeat. It's not mm -hmm. just the how to run a business, but like, how do you tell your story on social media? How do you not get so self-absorbed? So that very much I would love to do someday. But I don't know if you know about this, Casey, but um, I started a membership site called Grace Lace Collective, and it has multiple areas of lifestyle content, but we are beginning journeys and workshops, and one of them is going to be me painting live on a weekly basis awesome. with anyone who wants to join in. So it's like grab your, grab your paints and join me for a live stream painting session in which I can teach while I'm painting. That's the best I can do in this yeah. season because I can't do printouts and curriculum at this moment. Right. Um, but between me and you and all your listeners, I, I haven't really shared this online either, but I'd really like to do some specific creative retreats too, because I operate best when it's in a more intimate setting versus just putting out the content in, onto the internet. I'd really like to do some creative retreats. So thanks for asking this yeah, question. I love that. I love that. We, um, I do know about your collective. I joined it when I was on your website. Oh, I joined that just to kind of see what's all in there. So I'm excited yeah. to see, um, to see what is to come there. And then as far as retreats, I think you are spot on. We just had a, a retreat within our membership. We hadn't always done that. We had done mm -hmm. a small one and then we did a little bit bigger one that was it combined um, art and we had praise music and, you know, study and we're playing another one that's just got in nature. I think that what you were saying, like that intimate setting, I love the online space because I would have never met so many people without the online space, but the in-person retreat, get to know you, get to eat a meal with you, get to yes. laugh with you um, at the same time of doing these things that we love with art and, and music and focusing on um, on the Bible and God's word. Like it's just something you cannot, can't replicate it online. It's a yeah. very special thing. So I will very much be looking forward to your, <laughs> whenever you land out, that'll be fantastic. Thank you today for being here. As somebody who, you know, I want to use my art and my platform to point people to Christ, you are just such an inspiration and such somebody that I can look to um, who has done it so well. Like you have done such a good, faithful job of stewarding the gift that God has given you, not just with your painting, which is great, but your your business mind with your, um, your way with words, with your speaking. Um, you have done such a good job of just stewarding those gifts so well, not just for your own glory, but to point people to him. So thank you for being just that role model for people um, in this space, looking to you. And then just thank you for just doing it well. And thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a busy schedule, a busy day. And so thank you for taking the time to be here. Well, thanks for filling me up. That is great encouragement I'm going to take with me. Thank you for having me today. All right. And see you. See ya.